You're listening to the Alchemy of Self podcast with Romza. The world is currently in a state of rebirth. All of the systems we have inherited are collapsing and failing us as a species. It's time for us to come together and create something out of nothing. If you crave deeper purpose, unshakable strength, and a life aligned with your truth, this is for you. This is for you if you are curious and not afraid to ask questions. This podcast is for those searching for their purpose and those ready to step into their full potential. For lovers of truth and those ready for masculine medicine, this podcast is an adventure that gives voice to a journey of healing, discovery, and embodiment. We'll challenge the old narratives we inherited and forge a new path. Join us in this fearless exploration of the multiple dimensions of being human, breathwork, mindset, healing the body, detox, and how to use the gentle way of jujitsu to make you unstoppable in your wellness, business, life, relationships, and more. Hey guys, welcome back to Our Deepest Fear with your host, Rome Zah. Today I'm here with Grandmaster Paul Malella Jr. He's a founding business and personal development coach at Empowered Mastery with his best friend and co-author, Grandmaster Chris Berlow. He has spent the past 20 years traveling the world, studying the most influential leaders of peak performance, personal growth, and healthy living. Working primarily with professionals and entrepreneurs, Paul provides his clients with the necessary tools and mental fortitude to live a life of passion and purpose. Beyond his corner office door, Paul is a best-selling author, real estate investor, seventh-degree black belt in Taekwondo, nine-time New York State champion, physique bodybuilding competitor, and an active athlete competing in half marathons and ex-terra off-road triathlons. He was the 2014 USA Cycling Cross-Country Mountain Bike National Champion at the age of 40. Paul is the co-founder of United Martial Arts Centers, along with his brother, Master Anthony Malala, with the number one ranked program in the nation, and owns locations in Carmel, Fishkill, Newburgh, and LaGrange, New York. Each year, Paul donates more than $20,000 in scholarships so that children can benefit from his martial arts, leadership, and character development programs. He additionally donates his time to local schools as an inspirational speaker and anti-bullying advocate. Paul resides in Putnam County, New York, with his wife of nearly 20 years and their two children. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you, sir. Honored to be here. Very grateful and humble. Yeah, it's good. It's going to be fun. Uh uh, what what got you started in martial arts? I mean, seventh degree black belt in Taekwondo is uh, serious business. I appreciate that funny story, and I do share this often. I was seven years old. I wasn't the biggest kid growing up. I was still short. Yeah, forty six years old. I'm uh, still kind of short still. But at seven years old, I was one of the shortest in the class. You know, like most, I was an easy target. I had a childhood bully named Tommy Gonzalez. He lived in my block. He rode my bus. He was in second my in my second grade class. So wherever I went, he was there. So pretty much every day was kind of like hell on earth as I got my uh, my ass kicked by him. And my parents said, "That's enough. You're going in martial arts." So they enrolled me in a, in a taekwondo program back in 1982, and uh, I trained secretly for like six to eight months. I remember vividly getting off the school bus. My parents lived on a road called Cherry Lane. I'm walking down the road. Tommy tries to pick a fight with me. I finally had the confidence to stand up to him. 
I double ran us, kicked him. It was like a, a fake low go high. I popped him right in the nose. <laughs> he never picked on me ever again. And ironically, we became childhood best friends. And a funny, even a funnier story is I was his best man in his wedding. Funnier story, I was his best man in his second wedding. So I thank him every day for kicking the crap out of me because if he didn't, it would have not never led me to martial arts or where I am today. He's a school teacher now in New York City, and uh, we make jokes on how he started my martial art career. Wow, that's incredible. I love it. I used to get bullied as a as a kid, too, when I first came to the United States because I was really small. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you 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 learn you learn to figure it out real quick. That's it. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, honestly, it's it's a it's um it's a repeating pattern that comes back to me over and over again. It's like it's it's I don't know if it's possible to be kind, like truly kind, if you don't have the capacity to truly be a fucking savage. <laughs> well, I, I like to think I'm a combination of. Uh, Cobra Kai mentality and uh, Mr. Miyagi mentality. I had I love experiences it. In, in, in two mentors and teachers in martial arts. I mean, my original my original teacher was exactly John Kreese from Cobra Kai. Like that's my beginning childhood career uh, experience. I had a six foot two heavyweight national champion, big Irish guy. Uh, Master Robert Connolly, he was just literally, it was the Cobra Kai experience. We go to tournaments, he would want us to get disqualified, give us a hundred bucks for kicking kids in the head if we went to a point tournament, if it wasn't full contact. And it was completely just fight, and that's what we learned to do. And there's nothing wrong with that at that time, you know, especially in the early mid 80s. but, you know, as evolved through martial arts, you know, it wasn't that many kids back then when I trained. It was all adults. Like, I was the one and only child in my black belt test. It was all adult men. I believe there might be one female that was there. And it was like one of the master's daughters. She was 19 at the time. You know, and then I got introduced, um, you know, my original teacher, unfortunately, he passed away. And that's a whole other story and uh, path. But. Um, now my true mentor and teacher is uh, a gentleman named Grandmaster Byungman Kim, and he is uh, more like the Mr. Miyagi in my life. So I believe I have this really wonderful balance between, as I'm going to refer, Cobra Kai and uh, Miyagi training, you know, and I kind of merge both of those philosophies into my way of teaching and and uh, evolution on on my philosophy and how I help people uh, in the martial art industry. You know, uh, I am now kind of more along the lines of uh, doing more personal development and business coaching. And I, uh, that's what I've kind of evolved to, to deal with. A lot of my teams that operate our martial art organization are really kind of engaging in the, in the more of the children, the students, but our philosophy is still engaged in our, our martial art organization. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Cobra Kai and Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid was just like a story to depict the Tao, to depict like the dark and the light, which they, they need each other in order to uh, into to creating this world like that. That is our world, right? The darkness and the light. 
I mean, I'm a, I'm a martial art geek. I'm a Star Wars geek. So anywhere you want to go in that direction, brother. <laughs> I, 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 really I love, love it. I'm in my podcast studio right now with our company, Empowered Mastery, and my partner, uh, Grandmaster Chris Perlo, he's more of like the, the uh, I'm going to say, uh, the um energy in the martial arts or, you know, yin and yang, um and yang in Korean. He has a picture of Master Yoda on one end, and I got the picture of Darth Vader on the other end. <laughs> I love it. I got a big black monster Jeep. My license plate literally says dark side and he's got like a white Rubicon pickup Jeep and he's getting a plate that says light side. So, I love it. So uh, we believe like in, in both of the, both of those sides. And uh, really uh, I, I like to believe that there's, there's benefit in both those energies. And when you can kind of merge and get a hybrid style of the both, of those, I think it's really, really powerful. So we play with that in our company, Empowered Mastery. We we utilize both the you know the Miyagi slash Cobra Kai philosophy. I really do think the kids these days, though, I don't know about you, Rome, need a little bit more of the harder uh, Cobra Kai because <laughs> this generation is a little bit too soft. That might be a whole other podcast, but I'm kind of finding myself you know getting a little bit. Uh, harder because that's what they need but um just interesting how both energies will serve and benefit when it's applied the right way it's funny that you segued this but i guess it's not because there are no coincidences uh you said i grew up in the 80s so like like it was necessary right so like times are changing right now like we had like a really peaceful um stretch and now times are changing and uh, there's a lot less peace, especially in bigger cities right now. Um, so my thought on that is this quote that I repeat often is um, hard times make strong men and strong men make weak men and weak men make hard times. And it's a cycle that keeps repeating itself over and over again. Um, and my father, um, I'm from Chechnya, so that's probably uh i i want to say the most m masculine or yang energy on the planet or one of them <laughs> um like our national sport is wrestling okay you know what i mean like uh, the only export is like terrorism and like uh like uh mercenaries literally so um, he used to tell me, he's like, you know, like your generation is really good at punching, but it's really bad at like holding a punch. Um, and we're starting to really see that now with the Internet, you know, like people, um, people have never been hit before. And I think that's a rite of passage that's necessary for a man um, to to become a man for a boy to become a man. So I feel like we just have a bunch of fucking boys running around right now. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think we need that healthy masculine energy, the, the savage but kind, as opposed to the really angry but harmless. I agree. I believe that there's, uh, I mean, if anyone that may know me, I, I come across, you know, I could... I, I'm going to use the word for the, I don't know if this is lack of the, if it's not the right word, but more of a stronger alpha type energy, you know, and, mm -hmm. and the reason why is because as a kid, I was picked on, you know, like I was, I have a voice in my head called easy target Paul, 
but Easy Target Paul created Grandmaster Malala. I got another voice in my head that sets, that I consider second best Paul. Like I would always fell short, but that kind of helped create perfect Paul, right? And then, you know, I have like this wise ass Paul that was always not really confident. And now, you know, uh, and then now, now I have like this passionate coach Paul that got a, gets in people's faces that need to get called out only if I'm doing it to serve for their best interest. So there's a lot of people out there that I believe need to, to hear uh, what, what they don't want to hear to make them mentally tough, right? And, and then there are, there's times when we have to tap into our um energy and learn how to breathe and take, take deep breaths and appreciate uh, waking up in the morning and have gratitude. So I think there's, there's a need for both. There's, there's got to be a need for a deep appreciation for life to be humble, to be grateful, to just go out and just be generally nice to humans. And that, that's why I love martial arts. When you're in martial arts, I don't give, I don't give a shit what color you are, what, what side of the uh, political views you have. When you're training and you're in, in this environment, you know, we're one. We're one family and we're, we appreciate, respect each other. You know, I think that's why I love martial arts mentality. And, and I think teaching people to be respectful, to be humble, to have integrity, but to be grateful, right? To learn how to meditate and breathe and have that um energy, but be mentally fucking tough, okay? Be mentally tough. You, you need both, you know? And that's why I love, uh, you ever see um, The Last Samurai, that movie, The Last Samurai? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do they do when they weren't training, Right. They, they were gardening, they were meditating, they were doing art and all that to kind of bring out the that softer side because there was so much intense in their young energy, right? And I, yeah. I love that part of that movie. And uh, I believe that uh, human beings need to, to see both. You know, there's a strong, what I love about martial arts, it helped me create a mental toughness, especially the era I grew up in, strong mental toughness. But at the same time, my experience with Grandmaster Kim had helped me learn more of the spiritual, uh, like, in, you know, the dough, right, or the way. And um, that's needed, I think, in, in, in the world <laughs> right, right yeah. now, you know? So Yeah. It, it's funny that you mention all of those things, right? Like gardening or even taking a piss, right? Like everything is a fucking art form if you're present and you make it into a practice, right? Like the idea of Kung Fu is like practice, practice, practice. Everything could be a practice. Gardening is a practice. Sex is a practice. And you can be improving and getting better at every one of these practices. It's not just like a hook kick or a spinning back kick or a fucking guillotine joke. It's, it's like how you live life. Cause how you take a piss is probably going, not probably how you take a piss is how you're going to practice. If you're on your phone while you're pissing and you're fucking pissing all over the place, like where is your attention during your practice at the at the academy on the mats? Yeah, that's lack of discipline. It's uh, I'm sure you heard is how you do one thing is how you do most things. Like Grandmaster Kim, like even when he makes tea, it is an art form. Like it's completely like it's it's like a ceremony. Like everything he does is masterful. And that's how he says that we should live our life. And I love that you're, you know, it's kind of facetious, but it's true. How you piss, you know, like if I got a 12 year old son, is he pissing on the seat? 
I'm like, yo, dude, you, you gotta, you gotta, you can't just leave piss on the seat. You know, you gotta clean it or sit or aim. I don't know what you do, but that's, that's a lack of discipline. You know, like little things, tie your shoes, brush your teeth, you know, like, so like, I love that you said most of these boys need to learn how to become men. Right. Yeah. And, uh, everything is discipline. I love yeah. how people might challenge like, Oh, you're so disciplined. Bullshit. Everybody's disciplined. Oh, I got friends. Oh, you're so disciplined. You wake up and you're doing this and you're eating, you're training, you're doing that. Oh yeah. You're disciplined. I mean, you didn't wake up 350 pounds. You didn't wake up and we'll go, Oh, holy shit. How did you get 350 pounds? No, you worked real hard to get fat. You real you worked real hard to get divorced. You worked really hard to lose connection with your kids. You worked real hard at failing in your business. You worked really hard at that. You were disciplined. You had habits. They just weren't habits that were that were deposits in those areas of your life. Everything is discipline. I love that you said that. Yeah, I mean, everything is a practice. And all, all of those things that you mentioned, bro, I've been there, right? So um, the dark side, like, those, like I, I'm an addict by nature, you know? So uh, that's why that's why it was easy for me to fall in love with martial arts because uh, it was, for me, it was like my fucking, my heroin. It was my fucking ecstasy um, because it was something that, I was missing like the safety of combat. All my combat growing up was so dangerous, you know? And then now I'm, I'm on the mats and I go compete and it's, it's like, Oh, like he's not going to try to stab me and his friends aren't going to like fucking put a baseball bat to my head. All I have to do is choke this person that weighs the same as me. No problem. (laughs) Like no fucking, no consequences afterwards, you know? That's great. And, but, you know, how do you apply those disciplines or those those uh, life lessons or training lessons and how do you apply them to outside life? You know, so and the discipline and the experiences you get on the mat or in, your, in anyone's training, that could be applied elsewhere. That could be applied in business. That could be applied into your external or internal health. That could be applied in relationships. That's hence how you do one thing is how you do most things. If someone is successful in martial arts – and you create that discipline, I truly believe you could be a champion in other areas of your life. Yeah, you know, I believe uh, so too. I had this one coaching client, and he was a uh, a collegiate wrestler, like high-level wrestler, right? Uh, I think it was the is it Michigan is a big wrestling school. I, I forget that's what mm-hmm. it is. Right? Yeah. Uh, and so he, he, he wrestled all his life since he was five, whole family. Dad was the coach, you know. Brother was elite, you know, all this stuff. So since four or five years old, this kid's been wrestling. He finished his college, you know, D1 school and was like, wow. I could, he says, I could finally be normal. <laughs> normal, right? Because he was like extreme training all the time. And when he got into um, his professional career as a financial advisor, he was just average. He was average in his production. And I said to him, I said, I, I started calling him uh, Common Clark, Comfortable Clark, and it really pissed him off. I'm like, I need to get you tapped into your competitive Clark, champion Clark. So what I did, I had him remember times in his life when he was a champion, right? When he was on the mat, grinding, fighting, pushing, working hard, right? 
you know, being edgy again, I had him join a jujitsu school, right? Where he lived. I'm like, you need to get, you know, excuse my friends, you need to get your balls back. You need to like, you know, get your testosterone going again. And yeah. so then he joined this, he joined this jujitsu school and I said, I need you to kind of get that competitive Clark back, that, you know, that champion Clark, right? Uncomfortable. I need you to get uncomfortable again. And he started rolling around and he obviously was whipping all the white belts. And, you know, the, 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 the owner was like, you know, did you practice before? He said, no, I was a wrestler. So, all right. So obviously his goal was to get the blue belt. And I'm like, I want you to get your blue belt within this time, you know, and then compete. And I remember him sending me a picture over more of a weekend how he won, you know, his division in, in, a, in a competition. And it sparked back that that competitive discipline, that focus, that that determination for him to apply in his production. That's why I love martial arts, the life lessons, the habits that you create in training, you can create in business, you know, yeah. um, and, and take it anywhere else in the world. Yeah. I mean, especially when you have somebody like you, um, giving them a, per, uh, a perspective from the mentorship, like that they, they, they didn't see to connect the picture because it's very easy to get lost and be like, no, this is this. And that is that, where it's just like, no, that is the same as this, that you just don't see it yet because your, your eye or your, your heart isn't trained for it yet to be able to take those things out into other parts of the world or other parts of yourself. Other parts of yourself. Yeah, absolutely right. And for him, you know, business and business was one of his key areas of life. And, you know, I talk about that is, you know, each one of us is going to have a core four areas of life, you know, depending on where we are in, in the season of our life. Right. So I would consider myself, I'm in the summer season of my life. I'm 46. I've been in business for 26 years you know, I have two children, I'm married 20 years, you know, so things are more like the summer season. So really the areas of my life that are most important to me is, you know, my health and fitness, my relationship with my wife, uh, my, my children, which are 12 and 14, and my business, right, my income. And so those are the core four areas. And so I have to make sure that I'm creating multidimensional success in all four areas. And without the lack, without, without that discipline, that mental focus, that mental toughness to kind of create harmony in all four of those areas that I've learned through martial arts, I don't think I would have never be able to kind of, I hate to use the word balance, but that's why I say create harmony, right? Because balance, we kind of like stand still on one leg. I like to stay moving. You can probably hear in my voice. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I like to say high energy. So I'm kind of, you know, creating harmony in all four, right? And so how I remain centered and disciplined is through my martial art practice, through my meditation track practice, through my training. I have to do that in the morning before I start my day. Like I have to wake up. I got to meditate. I got to stretch. I got to journal. Um, I got to read some positive content. I got a meal prep. I have to have a tea with my kids. I got to work out. And then I start my day. Like I have to do that. That is my time. And that's like getting in the zone so I could be a productive husband, be a productive uh, business owner and leader. I could be a productive dad. If not, I think I'm going to suck in those other three areas. You know, what taught me that is the, the principles and the foundation that I got through my, my martial art training. I love it. I love it. You know, what, what 
what comes up for me is like um, the idea of uh, the beginning of this year, I set an intention and it was one word and it was alignment um, to, to be aligned in heart, body, mind, in uh, anything that I do. So I'm completely present. Um, and also, uh, I wrote this down a, a little while ago. Um, I have a very, uh, I have a practice in my mornings, obviously. Um, so the, what I wrote down is like, I'm not allowed to be around humans until I'm done with my morning practice because I'm not human yet <laughs> until I finish. So what is your what is your morning routine look like then for you? I'm sure it's pretty similar. I can almost hear it. Um, now nowadays uh, I wake up around uh, three or three thirty. Today I woke up at twelve thirty really, and um, and I sit in a very long meditation until the sun comes up, and then um, and then I and then I start my uh, my movement practice. So my, my movement practice and my, um, my movement practice is usually a little bit longer, probably like four to six hours. And then, um, there's writing, there's creating, um, but those are the two, like it's stillness and movement and, uh, yeah. And, And it's been like deepening as time has been going on. You know, it started off, obviously it started off a lot smaller and uh, like we all do, you know, like planting the seeds. Yeah, it's, it's, that sounds like a lot like my uh, my grandmaster. I mean, I, 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 I don't wake up as early as three. You definitely got me beat. I wake up at five, <laughs> but, you know, so yeah, I do, we do uh, anywhere from 45 to 60 minutes of meditation. I do then stretching deep bows um, to just kind of be humble and show gratitude, appreciation to, I'm going to refer to God or the universe. And then uh, I read, I'm kind of back into reading Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, a couple minutes in the morning. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I kind of, that's kind of like my Bible, right? For lack of a better word, I like to say that I, I like to study, highlight and kind of really dive deep into that book. And, um, and then have you read his other work? Yes, this, uh, my, my my other favorite books that came out, and I listened to an audio was um, Outwitting the Devil. Outwitting the Devil, holy shit! But the uh, audio was incredible. Audio. It was like the best movie I never watched. It's ever. Like when you, I get chills just thinking about it right now from that from the audio version. And I was recommended to listen to the audio version, and that just for, it was just completely resonated with me and um you know that was that's probably my mother's second second favorite book of his i love it where where did you grow up i grew up my family's originally from yonkers new york uh i grew up in a town called putnam valley it's uh, upper westchester putnam we're about 50 miles north of manhattan so it is a suburb area small town and um and uh, my businesses are in in Putnam and, and Dutchess County, New York. So um, there really wasn't much in in our town growing up. It has developed since then, but uh, it's a suburb area outside, you know, outside Manhattan, outside Westchester. Uh, is there any prisons near there? Are there prisons near? Yeah, that's uh, up in 
uh, obviously in, in the city. And then uh, there's there's some up in uh, up, up north in the county county jails. Yes. Yeah, because I, I, I know they built a lot of those private prisons in the last like few decades, um, and a lot of like uh, ur- urban youth was moved over there. So I was just curious. Um, what what did you want to be when you grew up? Like when you were a kid? I will completely tell you at 11 years old, when I went for my first degree black belt, I said I was going to be a martial art professional. I love it. How, how did you know? Uh, listen, man, I, I wasn't really good at much. I'm still not really good at much. I like to say I'm good at one or maybe two good things, but I'm fucking really good at those one or two things. <laughs> All right. So, um, I just knew I was very passionate with, with martial art training. I did all the other sports. I just didn't really excel. I think um, when I was 11 and I tested for second degree, I literally wrote, I want to be in the, in the, the 1992 Olympics and uh, I want to be a martial art business, you know, martial art and, uh, and professional, have a school. Uh, I did not go to the Olympics. My brother was more of a, my brother was a national champion in Taekwondo. Like, I live vicariously through my younger brother, Anthony. Uh, all five, uh, I'm the oldest out of five kids. We're all black belts. And uh, I've got three sisters that are all black belts. My younger brother is also a master instructor. He's my business partner now. Uh, we own commercial real estate. We own martial art businesses together. Besides my wife and my my uh, other colleague, Chris Burlow, Grandmaster Chris, Chris Burlow, my brother's my best friend. Um, but I was his coach. I'm eight and a half years older than him. I mean, I trained his ass off. He he used to cry and go home. Paul hates me to my dad, you know. And then, um, but uh, he, you know what? He's really the reason why I'm up here. I'm up back in New York. I, I moved to Florida, man. I I lived in Florida for about a year and a half when I was 18, 19. Uh, I listen, I come from a really good family. My mom and dad were Italian New Yorkers, you know, really good foundation. We're Hey, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I married I married Gina Marie Silla. Like our, our, our wedding was like out of a mafia movie. But uh, <laughs> in, in any event, I moved down to Florida, man. Was, you know, I, I, uh, I was kind of rolling with the wrong group of kids back when I was 18, 19. And um, I found myself kind of going down the wrong path, getting into trouble. A lot of the guys that I was kind of spending time with were just kind of getting into fights, and it just wasn't going my way. So I, I moved down to Florida. Not too many people know this about me, but uh, I moved to Florida just to get out of here. Um, and I loved it. I was down in Florida. I mean, I was a personal trainer. I taught martial arts. I had a 3.0 uh, GPA in college, which, which was fantastic because I wasn't really academically inclined growing up. You know, socially and somewhat athletically, I was. I got my shit together, and I was really enjoying Florida. And my dad ends up calling me one day, and he usually calls me Bud. Hey, Bud. But he called me by my first name. He's like, hey, Paul. I'm like, oh, shit. So what's going on? And he's like, listen, your younger brother, Anthony, he's, at the time, he's like 11 or 12. And he's like, he's losing interest in Taekwondo. He's going down the wrong path. He's making wrong decisions he's getting in trouble with his friends and immediately i felt like it was my fault like my younger brother was following the path that he saw me do in my in my teens and um i just what it was is i just felt compelled i felt responsible 
and I left college. I left college in uh, 94, 95, and I flew back up to New York. And um, I actually went back up to New York to kind of coach and, and mentor my younger brother. And um, that year, I went back to work for my old, my old instructor, uh, Mr. Connolly. He had three locations at the time. And the one that I was managing before I was lead, before I left for Florida, um, he kind of like just left it like unmanaged, right, by teenagers. And it like it went all the way down. It was like going out of business. I came back, worked for him there, didn't know he was going to close down the business. I ended up coaching my brother that year at the Junior Nationals, I think out in L.A. He ended up winning gold medal that year. And then ever since then, he won every junior national title, and he fought as an adult, and he won the USA um, National Finway Championship at uh, like a USA Olympic Taekwondo. And he went to team trials. We used to go to Olympic Training Center. And, um, and then when it got to the year of the 2000, they, you know, they only took one or two competitors, and one of them was a good friend of mine, Juan Moreno, who's actually still one of the head coaches, and um, I told my brother, I'm like, listen, you can compete for another four years and try to go to the Olympics, which really, who really can? <laughs> it's great, but it's really not going to make you a better business professional. It's not like people are going to be flooding our school because you're, you know, a national champion or Olympian. That's not a lot of people's goals are. So he kind of ended his career early and then became my business partner, right? So but he's really the real reason why I came back to New York and, you know, open up my first business at 21 years old, you know? Yeah. So, and we didn't really have a lot of money. My dad was a blue collar electrician and he bartered about 30 grand worth of work at my old boss's house. And then I ended up taking over that business back in 95 or 96. Had like 20 students, you know, it was going under just some hardcore competitors that I had. And then I, I built it up to be like one of the top martial arts schools in the country. And then since then, we we uh, we built up a, a really nice organization. We bought commercial real estate. We duplicated our process. And, you know, uh, my brother is the real reason why that happened. So uh, I love it. The obstacle is the way, right? That's it. So at the peak of your organization, how many students did you guys have? My one location, when we're in a small suburb town in Carmel, New York, mm-hmm. um, you know, I could I could tell you honestly right now we're having this conversation. It's it's uh, October what thirteenth, right? Right in the middle mm-hmm. of COVID. You know, I, I lost a shit ton of students, but at one point we had one location. We had uh, five hundred and fifty students. It was a million dollar operation, one location, and then. Um, we opened up a second location and uh, it's a, like I have a, my headquarters location is pretty big. It's about 7,500 square feet, two floors, a nice piece of property. It's a single unit freestanding building. Um, I would never do that ever again. Uh, <laughs> as sexy as it looks, it's a big building. I own it. It's, you know, got all these rooms and it's beautiful. Uh, I would never do that again. It's, it's not, a you know, that profitable because a lot of overhead on that on that big massive so our second piece of property my brother and i bought a small plaza so it's around mm. six or seven thousand square feet 
It's got a apartment, two bedroom apartment up top. There's four commercial units. You know, obviously the tenants help pay the mortgage. We have a smaller martial arts school. Uh, it's got maybe well before COVID, it had about 175 students there, just under 200. Our third location, we bought another building, two floors. We rent out the top floor to a national solar company. That's a good tenant. Uh, downstairs, 3,200 square feet. We have another martial arts school. You know, that's only about two or three years old. And that that school, um, that school had at one point, you know, maybe about 130 students there. And we just opened up another one right before COVID hit. And we bought the building. We occupied the whole thing. And you know, it was just about breaking even and the COVID hit and it's working its way back up. We're definitely fighting. We are we are at 50% right now. You know, like uh, we were March, 13, March 17th, you know, we lost about 80, 90% of revenue, you know, when COVID hit. And then we're now we're fighting our way back up, right? So, um, yeah. but yeah, that's uh, that's where we were. And my partner, Chris, who owns like two and a half, I say two and a half because one of his protégés has one and he's got a small percentage in that. And him and his son have two schools. Uh, my nephew, where I'm in right now, I'm in my Empowered Mastery office upstairs in this building. My partner owns this building is his son's martial arts school. And then downstairs, they're building out a kickboxing studio. He's actually doing the best out of all of us. He's actually crushing it. His his school just is old, maybe two years old, and um, right now he's he's doing the best out of all of us. Uh, right, I the, love it. COVID. So um, yeah, we're uh, like most we're like most gyms or fitness centers or martial arts schools. Man, you know, again, we're in New York, so you know we're kind of like in the middle of this whole COVID energy, but we're fighting our way through. You know. Yeah, I'm not, not going to say there's rainbows and butterflies and try to say it's all great because I'd be lying to everyone listening. You know, it is real, and we're 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 fighting, we're making it happen. But I we're also, um, you know, not to say that uh, I'm extremely grateful, but at the same time, um, I would like to you know I like to wake up and say, okay, we it's over. Let's kind of let's move forward, right? So yeah. So uh, I actually have a quick story to share. Um, when I had my martial arts studio in Brooklyn, um, yeah. I had like a hundred and probably 30 students my first year and then it all fell apart. Um, I didn't, cause I didn't know anything, you know, like, uh, just like a baby, you know, like no mentorship, just like fucking figuring it out, you know, plugging along. And I probably lost like 70% of my income and, uh, I was in the red. So one day I'm in the black Next day, I'm completely in the red. 23 years old, uh, just like a fucking knucklehead, you know, figuring it out. And what happened was um, I went to like a martial arts marketing event and I learned how to fucking market. And what happened from there was I fell in like my ex-wife had a two-year-old kid or he's like, no, he was like three at the time. And there was no fucking classes for jujitsu for three-year-olds. There's Taekwondo, but like I wanted him to do jiu-jitsu. He didn't like punching and kicking shit. So um, I started a fucking class for him. 
And little by little, bro, by the end of the year, I had like a hundred, like a hundred plus people. And most of them were like two to five year olds. And I was like, fuck, I love teaching kids. They have such great longevity and they're like fucking blank slates. I don't have to repeat the same lesson a hundred times. Like they get it. Um, so like that was such a big blessing for me. Like I was able to actually like, cause you know, like, I, I don't know. I think I, at least for me, I get comfortable, like I get comfortable. Right. And, um, sometimes I need something to like shake me up, whether I realize it or not, you know, like sometimes like we need a clean slate. So maybe COVID was a clean slate for a lot of people in this world. Um, to really like slow down and be like, am I, am I on the path that I really want to be on? Like, is this going to get me the results that I truly want? Or am I just moving just to fucking move like every New Yorker that I've ever known, you know, uh, including myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> including I, I, myself. I, agree. I agree, brother. I think that it's an awakening and you really kind of analyze what's important, what's not, what you could, uh, if there's fat that can get cut out and then and um you really get uncomfortable and i say this a lot and we have a, a we have a saying you know i actually have a it's it's in my in my desk where my mouse pad is you know it says i it says uh i choose to be uncommon and uncomfortable i choose to be uncommon and uncomfortable and I believe that's when growth happens, right? Think of like any time a muscle grows, man, you're fucking tearing the muscle in order for it to grow. There's a lot of people right now that are, are, are tearing and getting completely uncomfortable, me included. Uncomfortable financially, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, without a doubt. But what I, what I will say is um, there have been relationships with people on our team, my partners, my family my, you know, kids and that I believe have gotten stronger because you know who has your back, you know, who doesn't have your back, you know, people that are there for you. And then you get to stop and appreciate little things, right? You have to be a good fucking finder. My partner, Chris is great at this. You know, he's always looking for the opportunities, always looking for what's good in a situation and the circumstance and the person I envy and love that about him. You know, sometimes I want to be dark fucking Vader and choke everybody out. But then it's important for us to kind of step back and go, hey, man, what's really good about this? What did I learn about this? How can I improve from this? How can I grow from this? You know, this becoming uncomfortable forced me to do this, this and this. Wow. If that didn't happen, me getting my ass kicked would have never led me to martial arts. Yeah. Me getting arrested and choosing to go down to Florida would have never had me go down to Florida and appreciate how much I loved martial arts and then me coming back up to New York and opening up my, my first business. Like there are so many obstacles and challenges once you fight through it. Like right Napoleon Hill says, with every three feet from gold, baby. That's it, three feet from gold. Um, actually, Sharon Lecter is one of those, someone that wrote uh, a testimonial and a uh, she was. She actually published our second version of our book. She was a, 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 a publishing department. You know, Sharon Lecter is one of the authors of that book. Mm, I love it. Right, but in any event, um, that was my adult ADD that just kicked in. Rome. 
is that Napoleon Hill said, like, with every what? With every with every challenge or obstacle, there's an equivalent seed for an opportunity. Yeah, with, every, with every failure. With every every failure. Thank you. I know it was going to – in roundabout, right? With every failure or obstacle, there is a seed. Of oh, success, yeah. Yeah. But only if we're open and we're open and ready to receive it. Some people are so blinded and angry, and sometimes that's me at times, where I'm, I can't see the opportunity because I'm, I'm so I'm clouded by the darkness. So I have to learn, we have to learn, or at least this is something I'm working on myself. Uh, Grandmaster Kim calls it ill, ill shin, be better every day. It's how I work, become masterful on, on my behavior, on my thoughts and my emotions, my actions, where I can get to stop and say, all right, how is this thought serving me? You know, me complaining about this, how it's, it's not, not fucking complaining. I mean, not serving you. So stop fucking complaining. Stop being a bitch. Sit up, focus, breathe. What's good about this? What can you, what can you gain from this? How can you learn from this? What are you grateful for? And there's a little simple shifts that we have that can kind of get us in a whole different direction. And I think that's, that's, uh, you know, becoming masterful and mindful of, you know, how we look at things. And COVID, obviously, I would hope could be that opportunity for most, right? Still yeah. sucks. <laughs> you know, it sucks. But something good is going to come out, man. That's a universal law, a law of polarity. Um, so I know that that's what's, uh, what's going to happen next. Are, are you still a student? Every day. Are you, are, you, are you are you open to a perspective? Oh, I'm. Here's one of my empowering statements, Rome. Right, I'm a student first. I'm continuously learning and growing, and I'm grateful for my progress towards perfection. Now, I don't think anything's perfect. I believe I believe our higher power is perfect. We're a byproduct of our higher power, but I like to think that I'm constantly moving to a target that I know I'll never get to. Because growth for me is what I believe keeps me alive, right? I have to grow. So to answer your question directly, go for it. Let's hear it. All right. So two things come up, even from that pre-frame. Um, so the first question is this, right? Like you said something right now. You said, um, I'm not perfect, right? And um, I, I, I mean, I, sometimes I'm a bumbling idiot. Sometimes I'm a wise man. I don't know which one shows up. But um the question that I ask you is, if you're not perfect, then show me perfect. I don't have, I can't show you perfect. So without a measurement, I, I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. So, so this is my, my contention to that uh, idea is like, you are perfect. You know what? And, and this is, this is just, there is no way, right? It, there is, there is a multitude, a myriad of ways, infinite. But uh, one perspective is you are perfect. I'm perfect. This moment is perfect. And everything that's ever happened was perfect because it led to this. And if there was anything else that could have happened, then it would have. And that would have been perfect. I love because, it. So, so that's one. That's one. Right. Because I hear I hear myself in your voice like that. That's what. And, and like, you know what? Like part of me wants to cry in a lot of ways because I I used to beat the shit out of myself the same way. I used to discipline myself, uh, not with the donut, but with the whip. Sit, sit up, sit up. 
like sit the fuck up, like pay attention. Right. And like what I realized, um, actually during COVID, right. These last six or seven months, I've had a really rough few years, you know, like from a divorce, then my father was dying and they came to visit me and they wound up staying with me for seven months. And, um, and I was taking care of him. And I mean, um, a myriad of things, separation from my children, like moving to a different and all at the same time. Right. So and and I'm I'm I got really good at martial arts um, for, for one reason and one reason only. It was because there was nobody that could beat the shit out of me worse than I can beat the shit out of myself. That's right. And what I learned through this process, I started to dive into uh, more ancient wisdoms um, that I was not privy to. And one of the things that came up for me in um, an ancient Buddhist tradition is the idea of Maitri. And it's, in a, it's a Tibetan Buddhist um, meditation, and it's called uh, the loving kindness meditation. So when I used to meditate and I used to sit in meditation, I used to get upset at myself for losing concentration or losing focus or losing the present moment. And I would whip myself into um, that space or I would um, praise myself for staying in the space. And both are just two sides of the same coin. And what I learned, this is actually the practice of what I just said, is um, as I sit there with my eyes open, I like to look at a flame. Uh, I remind myself when I lose focus, thinking. Thinking. Very gentle thinking. Not fucking think or pay attention. No. Thinking. That's all I'm doing is thinking. There's no good. There's no bad. It's just thinking. And I come back to the present moment. And it's taught me in the last few months, many, many hours of this. Um, it's taught me to be more kind and gentle with myself because I fucking deserve to be like kind and gentle to myself because like if I'm not, who will? That's the first question. And if I'm not kind and gentle to myself, then how can I be kind to others? I love it. It came from somewhere. It came to and through you, brother. I can just yeah. sense it right now. And anyone that's listening, like I, uh, obviously we're not seeing each other. This is not like a Zoom call. It's all audio. But I can almost, I can sense your uh, energy through that through that tone. So I just felt it. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you for being there. Right. Cause does it, does a tree make a noise when it falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it? You know, um, I appreciate you for being the mirror. When you were growing up, what were your favorite cartoons? My favorite cartoons. Good question. I, right off the top of my bat, uh, top of my head, it was Tom and Jerry, <laughs> classic, uh, and and Looney Tunes. So th nice. those those are my those are my two that I'd, I'd have to I'd have to say right in the beginning, like off the bat. I love it. What does your daily life look like now? Like, what time do you go to bed? What time do you wake up? Like. Uh, what kind of food do you eat? Do you eat like a specific diet? Uh, do you drink? Um, what does your training look like? What do you do for leisure? Great. All great questions. So to answer the first one is on a typical Monday through Friday, I like my goal is to go to bed between 10, 1030 before 11. I got to go to bed before 11 a.m. I am up at five. The first thing I do at five o'clock is um, 
I say thank you. Say thank you for giving me the gift of life. I'll mentally kind of just show a little gratitude. I send a quick, what I call, uncommon club email to some of the uh, coaching clients that I work with. I, I challenge them to beat the setup and get their ass up before 6 a.m. Uh, and then I send them a kind of ins an inspirational quote or article or something in the morning. I immediately go downstairs. Obviously, I take a piss, brush my teeth, drink a bottle of water. I go right to uh, meditation. I meditate uh, ideally would be 45 minutes to an hour. It's a sitting meditation, breathing meditations that, I, uh, that Grandmaster Kim really shares with me. And then after that, I do about 20 minutes of stretching, preferably yoga, uh, vinyasa stretching. I do about 10 minutes of reading. Currently, I'm reading Think and Grow Rich again. Um, then we spend at least a half an hour. We have a Korean tea ceremony with my wife, Gina, and our two kids. We've been doing this since they've been born. They know nothing but at 12 and 14 years old to walk into our bedroom, to sit down on the floor, uh, legs crossed, and have a Korean tea ceremony. And that's our time. As an Italian-American, my dad would be home at 4 or 5 o'clock, and we'd sit down at dinner. But at 5 o'clock, guess what? I'm at the martial arts school or I'm doing this. We run around that, that, that habit is like, in, I don't know most Americans that fucking do that, but I have to make up that time. And that time's in the morning during uh, tea time. We have green tea that we get from our uh, Korea. Immediately after that, um, I, I eat, I go for a walk. I do a two mile walk around the lake. Sometimes, I'm, most of the times I'm at, I'm at hour walk, I do a walk and talk with coaching clients. I do little check-ins and then uh, it takes me to eight o'clock and then uh, I meal prep. What do I eat? I used to be a vegetarian. I used to fast once a week, water fast. My last meal used to be Sunday night and then I water fast all day and break it the next Tuesday morning. I don't do that anymore to be totally transparent. It's something that Grandmaster Kim wanted us to do. I was a vegetarian for over 10 years. I see the benefits spiritually, physically, but to be totally, I got into mountain bike racing and bodybuilding competitions. And I did incorporate that protein back in. Um, as much as I, I love eating greens and alkaline foods and green powder drinks, I do. If you ask me, I eat every three hours, man. I'm like clockwork, you know? So it's, it's, you know, when I wake up, I did a when I did wake up at five. I do drink water. I do make a little green smoothie protein. That's my five o'clock. And then from there, every three hours, egg whites, veggies, grilled chicken, veggies, um, high protein, um, drink half my body ounces in water. I can drink a gallon. I carry a gallon right here, shaking around with me all day long. Um, and and then any carbs I eat are just super good, uh, either sweet potatoes, brown rice, white rice, clean oatmeal. Uh, my fats are avocado, uh, almond, you know, butter, uh, or almonds. So super clean. Do I drink? Uh, my, my partner, Chris, would go, I have this thing. Yeah, I'm like a Buddhist fucking month, monk, Monday through Friday. But Saturday or Friday night or Saturday, I'm going to see a whole different version of Paul, you know, Paul Malella. I'm Grandmaster Malella Monday through Friday. But I do, man. I like, unless I'm competing in a bodybuilding show and I go totally dry and no alcohol, I like, I like to have a cocktail. I haven't, I laid off the beer for many, many years, but I do. I like gin. 
I like a good bourbon. I like a good whiskey um, and um, uh, maybe some Tito's. I add BCAA amino acids in there. You know I, I mean? love it. <laughs> I justify that. Um, but, you know, if I do have a couple cocktails, I do feel it the next day. And I don't like the way that feels. My rules are I got to work out. I got to eat clean the whole day. I got to have alkaline uh, alkaline uh, uh, drinks or water, and then I'll I'll I'll, I'll have a that balance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do. For me to say that I I don't socially do that on a weekend, I'd be lying to all the listeners. But I do enjoy to have that um, on the weekends, unless I'm I'm training for a physique competition, and then I I'm, I go for ten to twelve weeks completely no alcohol and just, you know, shred down. So, um, I love it. Yeah. I mean, you look like a fucking movie star, bro. Oh, well, thank you, sir. <laughs> I'm down. I mean, you, you look like you could be in the expendables like in 10 years. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's fucking awesome, bro. It's awesome seeing like people like really take care of themselves, you know? Yeah, well, it's uh, I have to give a lot of credit to Grandmaster Ken. You know, I don't. I mean, as much as I like to say I follow his path, I feel like I'm not completely following his path because I'm not a vegetarian. I mean, I meditate, I stretch, I walk, I train, I drink green tea. You know, um, I you know I do my deep bows. Um, he had us do like these overnight meditations, and we did stop that, but we were, we were doing them once a month where he had us hike up uh, where we live in, in the Hudson Valley is uh, parts of the Appalachian Trail and, a, and a, uh, a mountain called Bear Mountain. And we would hike up that like at 10 o'clock at night and we would just do an overnight meditation, my partner and I. You know, funny, <laughs> funny story where uh, he says, uh, I think you guys, are, this is Grandmaster Kim, I'm going to use my, my Korean uh, like Korean voice. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, bro. I think you guys ready for uh, overnight training and we you know in martial arts you go, you go what yes sir <laughs> you know that's it. it's just yeah, you don't yeah. have questions bro you go yes sir oh yes. yeah so because i think you guys are ready for overnight training i go yes sir so i think uh you have to go after you're done teaching maybe go home eat and then maybe like you know eight nine ten o'clock you hike up a white trail in Appalachian Trail in Bear Mountain, maybe an hour, hour and a half, find the pine trees, and then you uh, sit down and and uh, make some tea, have tea, and then do meditation, maybe one, two hour, and then have tea, and then stretching, and maybe go back to meditation, one, two hour, and then have tea and stretching, and meditation, one, two hour, and then go down, go home before wife wake up. You know, we go, yes, sir. So the first night we do this, it's a fucking hurricane tornado watch. It's like September. It's a full blown. I don't like to tell my partner, Chris, I'm like, dude, we can't go. He's like, we have to go. We told him we were going to do overnight meditation. So here we go, hiking up this Appalachian Trail, 10 o'clock at night. I got this New York giant professional poncho on, and he's got a Mickey Mouse Walt Disney poncho from his daughter. <laughs> I'm totally teasing him. I'm like, you're going to get soaked. You're going to get soaked. I'm making fun of him. as like we do. We get to the top, and the way we position, we had like meditation mats. He was positioned a little higher than me, and it was pouring out, but it was warm. And it was awesome. It was an epic, like, 
great meditation. You know, we had like a little whatever, and all the water from the mountain was dripping and puddled around me. So here I am thinking I was not going to get wet with this big professional like poncho on, and my ass was soaking wet, sitting in the puddle because my partner Chris was elevated a little higher than me. I and, love it. Uh, yeah, we used to go out and do the overnight meditation, but um, yeah, to Car- answer. Car- Karma works in a rough way, huh? I got it. I totally got it that day, that day brother. <laughs> what kind of house do you live in? So I just sold my house during COVID. That's <laughs> like a whole other story. So we literally sold our house on March 17th, on St. Patty's Day. My business has got shut down on the 16th. The house that we were going to get, we got outbid on. Remember, we live in the suburbs of New York, so everyone was moving up yeah. from Long Island, the city, and we lost six houses in the past seven. Wow. Years, right? So we are the Malella families in this this limbo of a house. But I originally I did I I had a, we had a beautiful house. It was a typical I'm going to use the word for lack of a better term like big. Uh, stucco Guido house. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it was like, it was beautiful. It was a 4,000 square foot custom build. It was my grandmother's house. I bought it back in 1999 when Gina and I got engaged. You know, it was up the street from my parents. It was a mile down the street from my in-laws. You know, listen, we, we kind of like our good friend, Anthony Esposito, like all these Italians, we kind of live near each other. Right. Uh, was deal. And uh, even in the suburbs of New York, my mom lived down the street. My sister lives down the street. Uh, my other sister lives down the street. My brother-in-law lives, you know, two miles away. You know, so we kept it local. And we had a beautiful stucco house, you know, nice man cave, the in-ground gunite pool, the hot tubs, the pond with koi fish. It was gorgeous. We overlooked this uh, beautiful valley where every morning I, I made a meditation cone in my bedroom where I face east, right? I'm sure you do this when you meditate, you face east. So I got the sunrise every morning. It was beautiful. And we did. We 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 wanted to kind of have a different experience. And then we just sold the house just on this year. And um, we are, uh, you know, now making plans to, to make a, an alternative uh, plan of action. So that's kind of where we're at right now. I love it. Uh, so – Moving forward, do you think you're going to live on land or uh, either on, either on a, we're looking on a lake or near the ocean? So we that's, want to have the water like that, a different type of experience now. That's what you and I want to want to uh, want to do. So the answer, yeah, yeah looking at houses like literally on the lake or near the lake. Um, those are the houses that we were looking for, or you know, if, if the universe puts us in a different direction we'll be somewhere near near water i love it what kind of car do you drive i have a custom black oh yeah 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 (laughs) dark side looks like dark beta though rome i got like 37s on it it's all blacked out Uh, i got the grill that looks like dark vader's uh like mask you know, um, I, my partner's, I'm only five foot six, you know, so my partner, like, he's the same size as me, but he goes, oh, why do you have 37s? You're overcompensating. I'm like, well, I'm five foot six, I got an eight and a half inch shoe, but all these years I'm doing something right. My wife still has got me around, so. <laughs> I love it. 
what what are you learning now? Uh, from um, I am learning from edu- an educational standpoint. Um, I'm in two mastermind groups. Uh, one is a I'm in a very fortunate. I'm in a martial art mastermind group with some of the top business professionals, not only in the country but also Canada. I'm like really multi-unit martial art um, school owners, and we we speak twice a month. And anything I can absorb from that martial art business industry, I'm, I'm so fortunate that I'm a part of that mastermind. I am also in a mastermind group for multifamily real estate. My brother and I, my brother got his license. He's also like obviously a martial art professional, but um, he got his license in, as a real estate uh, agent. And now we are also educating ourselves um, on multifamily uh, units. You know, and learning more about that space. And our goal is to also kind of get into that space and, and be investors and also learn about um, getting into multifamily units, you know, more than what we're used to. Like right now, we're, our mm-hmm. model is really housing our martial arts businesses, right? It's mm-hmm. so commercial real estate. But we all know like that retail commercial real estate has been compromised since COVID. So we're looking to get into also an additional stream of income and revenue some that way. So that's the other thing I'm, I've been educating myself on. And the third thing is I got certified as a, a health coach. Nice. From where? Um, I, I got this certification that kind of is recognized through Villanova University. It's, it was mm. an online course. And so I, I've been doing some health and nutritional coaching for clients and, um, it's just a really good, another form of uh, revenue that I've done by taking an opportunity to do since COVID, right? So I, I was not sitting around waiting for like the world to get back. I, you know, our, our martial art organization jumped right on all the virtual Zoom classes. We did whatever we do to kind of sustain what we had um, and pivot and do what we have to do to make our martial art business successful. But then at the same time, I was educating myself in multifamily businesses and multifamily real estate and health coaching. Um, and and also, um, you know, I still speak to Grandmaster Ken. He's in California. We usually go visit him twice a year, but uh, we do virtual Zoom calls with him every Friday. Uh, and so uh, I am I am making sure that I'm diligent with my training with him. Most of the training I do with him is more spiritual training. It's meditation, it's breathing, it's way of life. Uh, when he sold all his martial arts schools, we were at uh, Abilene training training with uh, one of the grandmasters. Even though I am a grandmaster, I still train with my grandmaster and then another grandmaster, Lee, who teaches me more of the physical aspects of the technical <clears throat> training. Um, we went to Korea, was it not this past April, the April before, and then, uh, we tested out there, um, out in Korea and, um, you know, that's when I tested last. And so I, I am a firm believer in personal growth. So I am constantly doing my best to read, to listen, to inundate myself on anything that will enhance my, my health, my business, my relationships. Or any, anything that I consider multidimensional, right? When I say multidimensional success, listen, I got clients that they're, 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 most of them are entrepreneurs or business owners. Uh, I got in a lot of the financial service space, 
ironically, I don't coach, I haven't coached martial art business professionals because I'm not as uncommon to them. But as a, a financial advisor that hires me as a business or life coach, I'm unique because I'm a martial artist, right? So mm-hmm. I have that mystique to them, right? Which kind of brings a different uncommon approach. But these guys or gals, mostly guys, um, they're millionaires, right? They're seven-figure income earners. But, dude, if I don't know how you define success, but I I don't think if you're making a lot of money but you're overweight and you're divorced and you're with your kids, that's not success. Bro, you know, if you're a millionaire and you can't get your dick hard, that shit is not successful. Say again? I said if you're a millionaire or a billionaire and you can't get your dick hard without fucking Viagra – that yeah. shit is not successful. Yeah, that's well, that's a whole topic. Yeah, I, I I don't think they brought that up to me. Most of their stuff is balancing out like their wife, their kids, and their health. You know, so I like to believe that multi-dimensional success has to be experienced. You know, financially, I also think your career you should have somewhat level of passion. You should have a sense of fulfillment. You know, in my book, you have infinite power. I talk about. Um, identifying your worthy ideal, you know, like why you do what you do, what, what wakes you up in the morning, what keeps you up at night, what's your legacy look like? You know, mm-hmm. that's to me. I think that's a level of fulfillment, you know, you earning a certain level of income. If you're an overachiever, which most high alpha male or alpha females are, once you attain a goal or an outcome, you're on to the next fucking thing. So you got to have a level of fulfillment, right? So, that's important to me. My health and my vitality is important to me. My wife, my queen is important to me. And my kids are important to me. My family's important to me. You know, I so my that. areas is, you know, my family, my, my kids, my parents. Thank God they're still alive. My in-laws are still alive. I'll joke. Uh, in-laws? No, uh, in-laws are still alive. No, they're awesome. And then, you know, uh, I'm really super tight with my, my brothers and sisters my brother and sisters and, and their husbands and their wives. I'm very fortunate. God had gifted us with family and health. But I think that all four have to be really, um, really uh, congruent or aligned, right? And then what I've been really working on with Grandmaster Kim is my, my, my spirituality training. You know, my meditation practice, um, questioning. If I were... What he wants me to do when I wake up, he says meditation starts at night. You know, you start at nighttime before you go to bed and then you ask questions such as, you know, did I hurt anyone today? If so, tomorrow I won't make the same mistake. Did I make people happy or did I make people angry? You know, anger, there's no room for anger. You know, cancer loves anger. Cancer loves hate. We have to learn to be happy. You know, so how did I live today? You go, you want me to, to score myself. How, how did I do as a husband? How did I do as a parent? How did I do as a leader? How did I do as a human? And tomorrow, if I had the gift of life, how could I be better? So then you start meditation at night, you go to sleep, you wake up, and then you finish meditation. So the question I ask are, if today's my last day on earth, how am I going to live? You know? If someone is not nice to me, do I have time to be angry at them? No, of course not. It's your last day. Why would you give them that negative attention and energy? Right? Yeah. And so by asking those simple but powerful questions, 
I really do believe that it's helping me be, be a better human. And I'm using the word human, right? Uh, I identified myself as a grandmaster. I identified myself as a husband, as a father, as a son, um, as an Italian, as a New Yorker, you know, as a martial art professional, as an author. No, I'm a fucking human, mm -hmm. right? For and sure. So once we identify each other as humans and not as a New Yorker, not as a California, not as a Republican, a Democrat, you're light skin, you're dark skin, you're this faith, you're that faith. No, you're fucking human. Okay. Yeah. And when we, when we identify each other as humans and we see each other as just people, I remember being at a Tony Robbins event and he said the only way that that's going to happen is if a different fucking, now this is far fetched, but not that far fetched. If a different alien species land on planet earth, that's when all of us go, yo, we're all going to stick together, right? I don't care if you're from this country, that country, this skin color, that skin color. You're human. I'm human. These motherfuckers are here to take our planet. Let's stick together. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know what I mean? So For you might sure. far-fetched, but that's not that far-fetched, man, you know? Yeah, the, man, so, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, man. So, man, you know, that's I want to wake up and I want to be better every day. Am I? No. You know, but I'm working on it. And uh, and then uh, I love that you said about it's perfect and I am perfect. I appreciate that. And I love that being in the moment. That's something I'm still working on. But I I want to take on the advice from Grandmaster Kim and just, uh, you know, be better every day. You know? Yeah, for sure. All right. So I do this with uh, with all my guests so far. <laughs> uh, might change tomorrow. So I, I, it's called a lightning round or an imagination round, really. Um, so short answers. I'm going to ask you a question. You give me a short answer. Um, if you weren't a martial artist, who would you be? I'd probably be a movie star. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I would definitely be a public speaker, which I am now. I'm living vicariously my, my other life, like, Definitely to answer that question, I would be a personal development coach. You know, I love someone like Tony Robbins making a powerful impact in the world. You know, that's I'm doing that now. I'm kind of living out the second life that I, I I'm that I imagined. For sure. All right. What is one thing you would love to upload into the minds of everyone in the world? Just love. If you could just love and see people from their eyes, I think the world would be a different place. I love it. What's the one book that you find yourself recommending the most? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Not even a question or a doubt. Besides my book, You Have It From Power. <laughs> it's a fun <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, what kind of music do you listen to uh, when you're training? Two, two styles. I'm going to float 90s rap, Biggie nice. Small, DMX, Nas, but I'm also a heavy metal rocker. I love Godsmack, Metallica, ACTC. So any of those two genres, I totally love. And then I also mix in some Drake and newer, newer rap as well. So without a doubt, dude, I'm a heavy metal rocker. And then I love old style fucking 90s hip hop and rap, Biggie, DMX. Um, Nas, I love that. And um, that's what I would listen to when I work out and train. I love it. 
What is your favorite ice cream combination that would be made for you? Oh, anything with peanut butter and Nutella. I love vanilla with chocolate, hot fudge, peanut butter, and Nutella. Anything with peanut butter and Nutella, I'm in. That is my I love it. (laughs) I love it. If you were a food, what food would you be? Oh, my goodness. I would be a... I would be a, um, what's that steak? It would be, um, a, uh, what's the, what's the, the porterhouse for two? That mm. means you got the filet, you got the lean meat, you got that, you got a little bit of that, 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 uh, fatty tastefulness and it's enough for two people to, to, to eat. I love it. I love it. If you were an animal, what kind of animal would you be? Without a doubt, I would be a well. Dragon doesn't count, but I'd be I'd be a a, 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 t- a tiger, a wolf, a lion, something like that. Which uh, one? Which one, bro? <laughs> well, I, I so here's here's my first response. I would be like a wolf, number one. But then I, I'm the I'm the year of the tiger, so I have a tiger. I'm born in '74, so I have a tiger on my chest, right? So I'm torn between the tiger and the, and the, and the alpha wolf. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Um, if you were dying, if you were dying, what would be your last meal? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, I think my last meal would be some type of homemade gnocchi and my mother's meatballs. And so I, I don't typically eat Italian food anymore, right? So my mm-hmm. mother would be like, you don't like my meatballs? <laughs> so I think I would have to be some type of spicy Italian, you know, gnocchi dish with some uh, some homemade meatballs or something like that. I love it. From my mother. Of course. But of course. But of course. Uh, what would be your last experience it could be as long or as short as you want. And who would you share it with? Uh, I would be told making love with my wife. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Uh, that's my first initial dirty mind uh, response. Um, or spending like, an entire event with uh, like a day, like a Sunday fun day with my family, meeting my dad, my siblings, my kids, my wife, you know, like having one big uh, Sunday, Sunday, Monday. I love it, bro. I mean, you could always finish it off with a nightcap. I said you could do it as long as you want. Sex is yeah, fun too. <laughs> a Sunday fun day with my immediate family and my uh, some of my closest friends, obviously, which is kind of what we do all the time anyway. And then that nightcap is uh, being with my wife passionately. I love it. The last piece of advice you would want to impart on the next generation. Suck it up, Buttercup. Move forward and, you know, live, live, live passionately. Just get up and do the work. You know, don't, nothing, nothing. There's no such thing as something for nothing. Napoleon said it's universal law. You put the time in, you put the work in, you get the result. Right? Don't get no handouts. There's no handouts. You don't get something for nothing. Plant the seeds, motherfucker. No. Start planting seeds, start tilling the soil, right? Okay, your tombstone. 
or your urn, whatever you choose, what's going to be written on it? Without a doubt, my tagline is live life to the fullest, right? So um, I, I would love that either my worthy ideal, which is my, here's my worthy ideal, which why I do what I do. My worthy ideal is to lead, teach, and inspire future leaders, entrepreneurs, and professionals to reach their personal full potential in all areas of their life, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and professionally, so they can live a healthy, vital life and have multi-dimensional success. Bro, you are you you are you planning to have the biggest fucking tombstone in the world? Holy <laughs> shit! I don't know. I think I, want, I definitely want to be cremated. I don't want to be, be cremated. <laughs> That's even so, smaller, bro. Uh, you know, and I want to be sprinkled on like really cool parts of the world. I fucking love you already, bro. You, I love the over the overcompensation would be like the 37 inch rims, but also like a 12 foot tombstone. <laughs> hey, hey, I want, remember the movie Troy when she was mm-hmm. like, you know, talking to the mom and she's like, well, if you stay here, your kids will remember your grandkids remember you, but they'll forget you. If you go there, they'll talk about you for thousands of years. Yes. Oh, yes. I, I do remember you. that, bro. Seen in the water what is yeah dad pits talking to his mom yeah so i want to leave a fucking legacy like i want people to remember paul malala grandmaster malala in some shape in a positive i want to be a positive contribution to the world whether it's through our martial art organization my content you know things that we've done you know uh you know or a fundraiser or anything giving back charity wise want to be a positive impact on the world and my family right um and i want to create that generational wealth for my kids you know i didn't have that we i love my parents my parents are awesome they my dad would say i'm a, I'm a millionaire i'm wealthy in family you know what i mean and uh i think we can have both and i want to have both and i do have both so who the fuck said you can't have both? Is that written anywhere? I don't know. Rome, do you know that? Is that written anywhere? You can't have nah, both? bro. Whoever wrote that shit could go suck a dick. <laughs> no, actually, this was a huge thing for me, right? Because, like, uh, we're actually going to cap it off soon. But this this came to me recently, and it was like my whole life, a society, the world, everybody's like, they would ask me, are you this? And they would expect, or are you that, right? And then they would expect me to say, um, I, I would have to pick either this or that or that or that. And then they would hold me to it. But like, you know what I realized? And that shit would stress me out because like, I like to do a lot of shit, you know, like I like to do a lot of stuff. I have a very full fucking life. And I realized recently that I am that and that. I mean, I think I, I, that's how I roll. You know, so I said, yeah, I like Biggie Small, but I like uh, Godsmack and Metallica. Uh, I can work out and, and be alpha crazy, and I can be zen and meditate, you know? So Bro, I like the back. I like listening to the Backstreet Boys and DMX, and sometimes I mix it up, bro. <laughs> well, I, I don't like the back. <laughs> but that's the beauty, right? You don't have to. We all get to like whatever the fuck we like. That's right. Why can't you? No one said you. There's no rule anymore. Bro, I've trained. I've trained so much jujitsu that nobody can say anything. <laughs> Why would they want to make fun of me? 
<laughs> but that that's the beauty, right? Like that's the beauty is like you can you can be as kind and as soft and as gentle as you want when you know you're a that's fucking smart. savage. That's right. Bro, thank you so much for All joining right. me today on this podcast. But before, before we leave, before we leave, is there yeah. anything that I didn't ask you that you would like to share with the listeners? Is there anything that we didn't cover that you would like to share with the listeners? I, I think we, we had a great conversation. I'm looking at the time. We were like an hour and 25 minutes. Yeah. It was a long show, right? Yeah. So I, I hope that you were, you're satisfied. I hope uh, we, you know, we had a great conversation and delivered to your audience and if anyone does have any questions for me or want to reach out to me, I'm totally, you know, uh, I'll, po- I'll post all of your links in the in the show thing. And listen, bro, like this show, this show is like, yeah, it's about the audience. Cool. But I enjoyed my time. Did you enjoy your time? I was dying laughing. I loved it. I, I learned bro. something. I was laughing. So if they didn't enjoy it, that's their fucking problem. They get to live with that. Where else does that show up in their life? I don't know. All right, brother. Thank you so much. for listening to the alchemy of self podcast if you resonate with our message please show us some love by hitting the subscribe button and giving us a like you can also visit our website at www.romza.com to continue your journey of self-discovery and keep up with our latest offerings with love and harmony from all of us at the alchemy of self podcast